If not, we'll, we'll go ahead and open in prayer, and we'll uh, get started this evening. So let's pray. Father, we, Lord, we're thankful tonight for uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. We're thankful for this local congregation and um, for, the, for the opportunity we have to meet and hear and to, to learn together, to fellowship with one another. Um, Lord, you, you're so good to us, and, and we are thankful. Lord, we um, pray tonight for, uh, we're thankful for that uh, Robbie's back with us and, and that you've answered prayer there. We pray that you can continue to help her as she, she heals uh, from the procedure. Father, we um, pray for, for Danny tonight and um, as he's going home and for um, the, the family there. And, and Father, just... Uh, be with him this evening, Father. We pray for Jay's grandmother tonight, and um, Lord, pray that you would be with her and, and be with their family um, during this time. As um, Lord, it seems like she's in her, her last days, and we just pray that you would be with them in a very special way, um, Father. We do. Uh, we thank you that that Jacob has made it um, this far, and. As he's traveled, we uh, pray that you'll continue to be with him, keep him safe. Um, Lord, as he, as he hikes, we, um, Lord, we pray for baby Haley. And um, Father, pray that uh, you would be with the, the doctors, those that are, are taking care of her in the hospital. We pray that you would, would perform, Lord, just a miracle and heal her. And, and that, Father, you would be with the family and all the emotions and, and everything that they are are dealing with, Father, and, and minister to them by your Spirit, Lord, during this time. Father, we pray tonight that you would, uh, tonight, Father, teach us, open our minds to, to understand. We pray, pray that you would, would transform our hearts as we see your truth. So we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> All right, so tonight we are um, going to st be starting a, a new study on the topic of Christian zeal, and, and we'll be walking through a, a book together um, to do this entitled uh, Living Zealously um, by Dr. Joel Beakey and, and uh, James LaBelle and um, looking at what does this mean to have Christian zeal. And so tonight we're going to kind of start walking through the introduction or, or what they call setting the stage. And I, I think a lot of us probably um, have this idea that when we hear the word zeal, it, it probably, we probably think of it in a negative connotation a lot of times. Um, it's how we often... Um, hear about it. We, we might kind of, kind of flinch a little bit when we, when we hear it. Um, in our context, at least in my experience, it usually does have kind of a, a negative con connotation when somebody is called a zealot or they're called zealous. It, it kind of refers to somebody that's, you would almost call it like inappropriately passionate about something, like way over the top. I mean, it's just a little too much. Um, to, to, to kind of deal with, the, the need, to, need to simmer down just a little bit. 
and kind of settle down. And, um, and that's kind of how I normally think of the term being used. But when we go and, and kind of look at the word itself, we see that it actually it doesn't inherently have a negative connotation um, at all. And if you look it up, you can see several different um, definitions here. Um, eagerness and, and ardent interest in pursuit or, or great enthusiasm, uh, fervor uh, for something. It's a, it's a great passion um, and, and just being earnest, intense, devoted to something is, is, is a way to kind of understand it. So it, it can have a negative connotation, and we see it is actually used negative sometimes even in Scripture. But it's also used in, in a very positive way as well. Um, and so when we, when we look at it and we think about it, we're actually, we're all zealous. We're all zealous about something. Uh, book states it this way. Whatever it is, it is safe to say that we are all zealous about something when we love it enough to make considerable, if not foolish, sacrifices pursuing it. What are we willing to sacrifice to pursue? Tells us what we're zealous about. And so, and we know from Scripture and, and from our own experience many times that um, in the eyes of very many, what we do as believers and the, the actions we take many times in our lives, um, and as those who uh, seek to be zealous about Christ, it, it often does appear foolish. To those who, who do not understand. And so the first thing, example that kind of came to my mind when I thought of this was uh, the missionary John Patton. Um, he was a missionary from Scotland in the 1800s, and he um, was looking to go to. Uh, the islands of the New Hebrides, I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, now it's, it's called, a, it's different, it's called the Republic of, of Vanuatu. Uh, but it's, off, it's islands off the coast of Australia. And so he was, he went before the elders of his church. He was, he was seeking to be sent out by the church. Um, and so he, he met with them. And on this island, these, this group of islands that he was, seeking to go to, the, the native people there who were unreached with the gospel were also known to be cannibals, uh, practiced cannibalism. And so in the course of the meeting, one of the elders there replied in this meeting, the cannibals, you will be eaten by the cannibals. Why, why, why should we send you to this place? And to this, uh, Patton replied with, this, with these words, Mr. Dixon, you are advanced in years now. And your own prospect is soon to be laid in the grave, there to be eaten by worms. I confess to you that if I can but live and die serving and honoring the Lord Jesus, it will make no difference to me whether I'm eaten by cannibals or by worms. And in the great day, um, my resurrection body will rise as fair as yours in the likeness of our risen Redeemer. So, zealous for Christ. Um, Loving him enough to make considerable, if not foolish, sacrifices pursuing him.
And so it's just one example um, of that. So the book goes on to say we, um, we all understand what zeal is in our own minds. And in one way or another, we practice it towards what we love, what we most love or want. And so the question is not so much, are we zealous? The question is, what are we zealous about? Um, and, and we can be zealous about many different things. Um, sports teams, hobbies, um, interests. Um, you know, you, when you, you might have met or know that person that only talks about one thing all the time, all day, every day. That person's zealous about that particular thing. Um, now, there's also the possibility of having misguided zeal. And, and we need to be aware of that and, and talk about that as well. We need to be careful with it. Uh, one example of that would be the Apostle Paul, who in the, uh, before he was converted. Uh, we read there in the book of Acts, he says, I'm a Jew born in Tarsus in Cilicia, but brought up in this city, educated the feet of Gamaliel according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God as all of you are this day. I persecuted the way to death, to the death, um, binding and delivering to prison both men and women, as the high priest and the whole council of elders can bear me witness. From them I received letters to the brothers, and I journeyed toward Damascus to take those also who were there and bring them in bonds to Jerusalem to be punished. Very, very zealous, um, very passionate, very devoted but it, but it was misguided in the wrong direction. Um, another example, kind of modern day, we might say that someone who, uh, for example, does, you know, does violence to doctors that perform abortions or, or something like that would be, they're very zealous, but not, it's not channeled, and it's not applied in, in the right way. It's misguided, and so we need to be, be careful of that. Um, also, another aspect of this is, um, in a very real sense, having zeal in a, a, a positive direction, almost it, it inherently necessitates zeal in a negative direction. So, for instance, um, if we're zealous in our love for Christ, we must be zealous in our hatred against our sin. Um, uh, using the example we just used, we're zealous in our love for children and human life. We must be zealous in our hatred for abortion and the taking of human life. Um, it, it, just an example. So th there's positive and, and kind of negative aspects of this thing of zeal in, in our hearts as we go through this. And uh, so a great part of what we'll, we'll do in this study is to go back and, and look at the writings uh, of some who have, uh, men that have gone before us um, on, on this topic of zeal. Um, and it's very godly men who, who lived and they, they thought through very deeply and, and wrote so much on the Christian life. And so what, what we're going to do is kind of read through, we're, we're going to look at that, think through it together. Um, one thing, the book states this, who among us cannot see the difference between the early church and our churches. 
between the apostles and ourselves, between the reformers and Puritans of several hundred years ago and those of us who claim to be their heirs today. A fire burned in their hearts, but are we aflame at all? They seem driven by a holy passion and resolve, but little seems to motivate us. They were at war with their sin and pursued holiness as if empowered by heavenly strength. But we are too much at peace with our sins and content to do little more than the minimum that God requires of us. Why is there such a difference between them and us? All good questions to ponder and to think about and to meditate on. Um, the, the next section that the, the authors are getting into is, um, they call it the call for Christian zeal. And, and what they do in this is they go through and they, they lay out several areas where we lack the zeal and the passion and the dedication and, and the eagerness that we should have in the Christian life. And, and as I, I looked at these, they were eye-opening to me. Um, it really hit pretty hard. Um, they were convicting. And, and so I kind of want to walk through them with you tonight. What areas in life do we lack zeal? First of all, so often we lack zeal for God's honor and glory. And we were told in 1 Corinthians 10 that in, in whatever we do, whatever it is, even as something as ordinary, ordinary and mundane as, as eating and drinking to nourish ourselves, that we should be doing in order to honor and glorify God in all things. That's a, that's a tall order. And, and so often we don't do that. We don't do everything that we do in our lives to honor Him. Um, and so we, we fall short in this. Also, we lack zeal for God's house and God's Word. Um, Read in Psalm 69, For zeal for your house has consumed me, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. Um, this verse was quoted by John in the New Testament um, as fulfilling, um, as being fulfilled when Jesus cleansed the temple by driving out the, the money changers there. And so being, being passionate about, being focused on the, the use of the house of the Lord. And so are we also passionate about the use of God's house here at Flat Creek? Also, the word in, in Psalm 119, it says, My zeal consumes me because my foes forget your words. So we, we see here that there's a just, there, there's a, a proper place to be passionate and enthusiastic about the word of the Lord and his instruction. And it's, it's also appropriate when we, to, to get um, kind of riled up when we see that others are not passionate about it. And um, so how often are we zealous for the word of the Lord and for the instruction of the Lord? Another area we can be we can be guilty of lacking zeal that, that we should have for the advancement of Christ's kingdom. Uh, we read in 1 Corinthians 9, there Paul writes, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, 
that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessings. And so we read of this desire and this this earnestness in the life of Paul to identify with these people, to, to build relationships with all these different types of people in order to be able to share the message of the gospel with them. And so again, do we share this same zeal for those who are lost and they need to hear the truth? Um, Perhaps we we lack zeal for um, repentance and for good works. Jesus uh, here speaking uh, of the church at at Laodicea um, in Revelation 3, and he says, So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. So this definite lack of zeal within this church. And so Jesus then tells them, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. In other words, stop being apathetic, right? And and start living the Christian life with, with passion and enthusiasm by repenting. Repent of your sloth, repent of the, the laziness and your indifference. And start to pursue those works that the Lord has prepared for you to do. And so, um, being cognizant of our, our sin and the need that we have daily to repentance and to seek the works He has prepared for us to do. Um, the Apostle Paul here writes to Titus about Jesus Christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. So Christ died to redeem or to to purchase by his death a group of of these saved people who who are zealous to do these good works. And so therefore, if we're born again, we're to honor and we're to obey Christ by doing just that and being zealous for the works He has for us. Another category we lack often, many times, is in cutting off the offending hand and plucking out the offending eye. This refers to the illustration that Jesus used when He's talking to His disciples. And He told them... If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than with two feet to be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. 
And so in this, this illustration uh, that Jesus is using, he's not here talking about any kind of self-harm or, or self-mutilation. He's, he's drawing attention to um, how important it is to remove those things from our lives that would tempt us, that would lead us to sin. And, and often we don't completely remove those things. We, we just try to kind of manage uh, around them. Um, and so Jesus here is saying, don't, don't mess around, don't try to manage it. Just completely do away with what is causing you to sin. Um, and I have no idea why, but the first example that popped in my head when I thought about this was um, back in the day when Netflix first started streaming shows. Um, and, you know, and we got it at our house. And you know, not only do they have complete seasons of shows, they got complete series of shows. They got like five, six, ten seasons worth of shows that are available immediately like that. Well, I started watching. And it got, it'd be 1 a.m., 2 a.m. You think you're going to get me on a cliffhanger of a series finale? Nope. Click. Next. And watch the next one. To the point, I mean, we, we literally had to get rid of it, right? Because I was using, I was just, there was so much time um, and just that I was throwing away and you just had to get rid of it. Um, you know, or maybe it might be um, relationships with people that, that you're hanging around or um, any number of things that, that might have to be severed that it, We've got to get rid of. How zealous are we for doing those things? Um, two more areas here that we'll talk about. Um, we lack zeal for that holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Um, as the author of, of Hebrews wrote there, strive for peace with everyone. For the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. It's a serious thing. And, and how often are we zealous to pursue that? Um, and finally, um, many times we lack zeal that, that overcomes all obstacles and perseveres to the end. Um, again tonight, the, the Apostle Paul, he writes, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run? but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others I myself should be disqualified. a zeal and and a passion for this constant uh, self-discipline in our lives. And so, um, as believers we see, and we're going to see as we continue to go down and and study this, that we've got to have that zeal which an earnest desire of and a concern for, 
for all things pertaining to the glory of God and kingdom of the Lord Jesus among men. And so that's, that's the purpose of the book and, and the purpose of our study of it, that we understand what Christian zeal is and, and that we'll, as we look through it, we'll be encouraged to be consumed with this godly, biblical zeal for the glory of God, for His church, and for His Word. And so um, I'm really excited about the next few weeks and, and what we're going to find as we walk through this study together. So let's close tonight in a word of prayer. Father, we thank You for this time. We do pray, Lord, that You would guard us against um, faults, zeal or inappropriate zeal and that you would Lord fill up fill us and, and Lord set us on fire for yourself that we might um, Lord in, in the, the spiritual disciplines and, and in our our hearts our desires we might seek you might love you might de- desire um, more of you and so we pray that as we go tonight that you would, um, Father, you would do that in us and that you would, uh, Father, give us the desire, enable us to obey your word and to worship you uh, through the remainder of this week. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you.